My name is Andrea Chang, and I'm so happy to be with you all today. Um, good morning to students, staff, faculty, friends, and even guests of Tyndale. Um, just want to go ahead and say I am an American, so what you're going to hear come out of my mouth is going to be some twang. I have lived here for 10 years, and it just won't leave me. So I'm going to say this in the most Canadian way that I can. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, but it's an honor to be here today to be able to speak with you um, the day after uh, our continent celebrated Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday. Um, being uh, African-American from the southern United States, growing up in the South for most of my life, um, married my husband interracially in the South and us having those concerns, um, I am proud to be here uh, to talk about lessons that I've seen from Martin Luther King that regardless of the color of our skin, we can take with us. Now before I talk about Dr. King, I do want to talk about our God, because long before Dr. King was even born, our God had a concern for justice. And we see that all throughout the Bible, especially in the story of the Egyptians and the Israelites. And whenever there is a concern that God has, it moves people to action, including God himself. So God is always the first to move when it comes to justice. But in his movement, he gets others involved. And so he did that with Moses and the burning bush. And he told Moses in Exodus 3 about his concern for the treatment of his people. And he invited Moses in to this journey concerning justice. And so when we look at the story of Dr. King and everything that he did, he didn't do this in an isolated thing. He did this in faith, in knowledge of the word of God. And he knew the story of the Israelites very, very well. He knew the story of Pharaoh very, very, very well. And so it's a situation where he gleaned a lot from the word of God, and that's what he used in practice. So concerning justice, our talk for today, I'm going to give you some pointers that I learned after listening to some of Dr. King's speeches, but also things that we all can take with us for our journey in whatever it is that enslaves us or those things concerning justice that concern us in the community and the wider scope of the world. Now the particular speech that I am going to take from is called his mountaintop speech. Um, and in it, it has a lot of nuggets, but one of the things that I learned is Dr. King, when he went out, number one, he never did it alone. He always worked with other people. He always went to where the problem was in the mindset of working with those in the community. For this particular speech in the mountaintop, he was in Tennessee again, because he had already been there. 
And that one time, it solved that one problem, but then arose another issue with some sanitation workers, so he came back. And one of the things that I learned about him is when God sent him with his concern of justice, he always went with people, but working in community, in unity with others. And one of the things he notes in his speech as he's talking to the sanitation workers and all those who were, as they were planning, what are we going to do? He says, in wisdom, that's the second point, we have to go about this in a nonviolent way. And one of the things he says in this speech is, in wisdom, there's only two ways to do this. Nonviolent or we become non-existent. That's the only options that he gave. Non-violence or non-existence. And that struck me because that's not the first time we hear about non-violence versus non-existence when it comes to justice. This was Moses' story. Moses had a concern for justice in the very beginning, and he tried to do something about it, and he went about it in a violent way, and it had grave consequences. But God also had a concern, and he didn't forget about Moses' burning concern. So what he did was he came back to the conversation 40 years later and approached Moses about it. And in wisdom, he said, but this is the way we're going to go do this. And so that's where Moses' journey continues. But it started when he was younger. Martin Luther King Jr. knew this. So he knew the only way to go about my concerns for justice is in a nonviolent way. And he went about it in wisdom in connection with his God. It's really easy to get caught up in feelings and emotions and they make us react and do so many different things. But he was grounded in his faith. That's the next thing that I learned. His faith caused him to persevere when he should have quit. I had the honor of sitting underneath his daughter as my pastor for a year in Atlanta, Georgia. Yes, uh, Dr. King did pastor a church in Atlanta, but that's not the church I went to. I went to another church. And when I started going to or made, was made known of that church, she wasn't a part of the church then. But then when my husband and I decided to join this particular church, unbeknownst to us, she was one of the pastors. And so I was honored to sit underneath her teaching, and she often talked about what she grew up seeing as a child and watching and hearing her father do and say and plan. She picked up a lot of things. So she just didn't pick up wisdom and perseverance, but she picked up the way he worshiped. What we did today at the beginning of chapel was we worshiped. And as we were worshiping together, it made me realize that when Dr. King went into a community to say, hey, this is what we're going to do, and he worked with others, he often went in with his Bible in hand and in singing. A lot of the marches that you see, they were singing. Now, they may not be the hymns and things that you're familiar with, but very familiar to him and the majority of the people that he was marching with, which means everybody had to learn if they wanted to be a part. But even if you didn't know the words, you can worship. 
So worshiping with you all today meant something to me, knowing that I was going to come up and stand and say the things that I'm going to say. Is he went in wisdom, knowing that it needed to be nonviolent. He went in knowing that he was going to have to persevere in his faith, and he was going to need his faith to persevere and to keep others persevering. But another thing that he did very well was give hope. When you think about all the speeches and you listen to all the speeches that he gave, he always left them with hope. Not with hope in who he was, because he was definitely, with all of his goodness, a flawed man, as we all are. But he left them with the hope of Jesus Christ. In this mountaintop speech, he talks about, I've been to the mountain. And it makes me think about, in this same speech, he talks about Pharaoh and how Pharaoh caused a lot of disunity between the Israelites by keeping them fighting against one another. When we're not able to come together in one accord in our faith, can we come as human beings? A lot of times, people see Dr. King as a civil rights, specifically for black civil rights. But what I notice as I listen to this particular speech, he doesn't talk about civil rights. He talks about human rights. He literally says that. And that struck me. I'm like... Everybody thinks it was all about the black people and the state of black people in America. He had transcended that. And he went into human rights. In going to the mountain, he saw a view and a perspective that God had. And by this time, he knew his time was coming to an end. He talks about it in his speech. People have tried to kill me. Even to get here, they had to sweep my plane several times. And the pilot made an announcement. Hey guys, sorry for the late takeoff. Martin Luther King Jr. is on board and we need to make sure he's safe. They got him safely to Tennessee. But Dr. King never made it out. Because 31 hours after giving that Riving, riving uh, speech called the mountaintop. He was murdered. He never made it home. He didn't die in Georgia. He died in Tennessee. But before he died, he left them with hope. In Jesus the Christ, Savior and Lord, so what I want to leave you with today, as we see everything that is going on in the world, and we can get overwhelmed with emotion and reaction, know who's in you, and know who also has a concern. But with God's concern, what is he calling you to do? And how is he calling you to do it? What is enslaving you 
as an individual? What is concerning you in your life? For many of us, just thinking about what's going on in the world right now is very overwhelming. And what can we do, us, in our bodies? So let's shrink that down. Let's take a look at our communities. Let's take a look at where Tyndale sits in North York. When a body of students and faculty and staff come together and decide, what are we going to do concerning justice? How you go about doing that matters. Number one, start with your faith. Wisdom from the Father. In community and unity, worship one God and one Lord. Uplift one another to persevere and not give up. Lastly, hope in what's to come. We all know the ending to this story. And it's not just the ending of this world. It is the forever and the everlasting that comes after. This too will pass. But in the meantime, concerning justice, what are we going to do? So I'm going to leave you with this for a moment. And then we're going to pray. Search your hearts for what God is asking you to do where he's asking you to do it and in the manner. Ask for wisdom. Ask for a community of people to rally around and you work together. You can't do it alone. And think about the hope. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this opportunity to explore your word and see that there's nothing new underneath the sun. We thank you for the life of Dr. Martin Luther King and the lessons and the wisdoms um, that we receive from his speeches and his life. But Lord, we know it doesn't stop there. You are calling all of us into this fight for justice in different ways. So I ask, Lord, that you give each and every person under the sound of my voice the wisdom that they need to take this journey, the courage to take this journey with you, knowing that you are with them and that you would never leave them. Lord, bring them a community of people around them in which they can work with and go into with humility and with love and grace and mercy. Lord, if there be anyone that needs you, more closer to home within themselves. I ask that you just make your presence known to them now. Help them not to shrink back in shame or isolation, but to go to others and to walk with others as to not journey alone. All these things we ask in your precious and mighty name we pray. Amen.